Welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast. I'm here with TJ, who has kindly agreed to talk about his experiences on the Mandarin Blueprint Method course. But before we get into anything related to the course specifically, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, TJ, and um, you know what led you to wanting to learn Chinese. Okay. Um, well, first, thank you so much for having me. Having been uh, a part of the Mandarin Blueprint community for a while in, in watching these, and watching so many videos of you and Phil, it it feels kind of like meeting a celebrity. It's very strange. I think that's why I was acting so weird when I first signed on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's very like, it's very foreign for yeah. lack of a better term. Um, yeah. But uh, thank you so much for for doing this for me. I'm I'm excited to contribute in any way that I can. But uh, a little bit about me is so I am the executive director of the New York LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Um, I've been the director for about two years and involved with the chamber for about six. So uh, business development and entrepreneurship is like kind of my, my thing, my, my bread and butter, and it's what I love to support. Um, how I came across the, the Mandarin Blueprint method, uh, it's, it's kind of a, a weird convoluted story, just like my history, just my, like my career history, which is actually started in human rights and now is in the Chamber of Commerce. Um, but I've always been, I'm, I'm originally from Amarillo, Texas. I'm, I'm actually wearing a t-shirt. Oh, nice. Strangely <laughs> with it, uh, which is actually where I am for various reasons, which are unfortunate, but I'm currently in, in Texas. Right. Um, but I've always been a language lover. I, uh, I grew up learning Spanish cause I'm from Texas. Um, but I, my educational experience with Spanish was very, uh, intense and unfortunate. And I just thought I was really bad at it. And mm -hmm. when I went to college, I, I'm also a musician and I love language and music. And they are, for those that know it, are very similar species yeah. of things, um, sure. in the brain. And so I have like a, a, a true passion for learning languages and mm -hmm. I just love the process of learning a language, but I was never very good at it. And I went to college and I studied uh, French and Arabic. I lived in Morocco. I studied Icelandic in Iceland. Wow. Um, but I was, I was like, I love languages, but I was never good at them. I was never good at them, which was really unfortunate. I never got to a place of proficiency. Um, you seem pretty good at but it. But it never like, so far so good, right? <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, but it was, uh, I, I've always like, I've kind of like kept my Spanish up and, you know, over the, the course of a number of years, you know, kind of ebbed and flowed with it. And um, still would try ever so often, you know, I, I would never travel to a foreign country unless I learned some of the language. It was just like a, a rule of thumb for me. Um, but it, it wasn't until I, I started getting to like, pedagogy of languages and kind of getting obsessed with like different methods that I stumbled across uh, Fluent Forever by Gabriel mm -hmm. Weiner, um, yeah. which it, yeah, which is a, it's a great book. And it kind of like led me down this path of like, oh, like uh, the, the new wave of language learning. And I was like, oh, I wasn't bad at languages. I was just like taught poorly. And I kind of, yeah, and I kind of, and I learned that. And so I did my first experiment uh, two years ago when I traveled to Germany with that method. And then, you know, I used like Steve Kaufman and Idosa uh, uh, Ness of Mimic Method, like all these like different things. And I uh, kind of wandered down this path and learned German like really quickly, uh, not proficiently, obviously, because it was just for a vacation. Mm -hmm. um, but I had this understanding of like how like languages could be learned. And I'd always wanted to learn like uh, an Asian or Southeast Asian language. And I was really, I, for like a year was really like Japanese or Korean or Chinese or the Mandarin. Um, I was really like 
trying to figure out which, you know, which one to learn because I really wanted to like try this method on something. Um, and Chinese was the one that it was the culture that very like openly would, uh, you know, non-cognitive biases, like I knew very the, the least about. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I was like, you know, maybe that's something I should like open myself up to. And I started to like dabble in it. And it was so interesting. Like when I first started, I didn't even know how to say ni hao. Mm -hmm. And, but I was like, it's, as you know, they were always saying like musicians, you know, if you're a musician, you would love Mandarin was kind of like the, the thing. Um, so I put together like this course for myself uh, to start learning Mandarin uh, at the beginning of the year before COVID and all this stuff. Um, but I'd used all the pieces of everything I'd learned from like Gabriel Weiner's book, from Steve Kaufman. So I developed this thing and it started with, uh, it started with um, pronunciation mm -hmm. and then it moved into pronunciation to vocabulary and vocabulary to like comprehensible input and then comprehensible input into like, you know, whatever else is out there. And so a week into like my official learning of Chinese, I couldn't figure out the difference between T, T, and uh, NG. So I was looking for a video and uh, I found this video of Luke explaining the differences between the three. Oh, and yeah, yeah. that's how, I, that's how I, I stumbled across the Mandarin Blueprint. And I was, I, at that point, I, I discovered like so many different like language tools and classes that I was like, Oh gracious, what is this going to be? Let's go take a look at it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I discovered you guys and I was so fired up because I support entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, oh my God, it's a startup. They're super cool. They really know their shit. And I had to, to give it a shot and I haven't looked back. So yeah, long story, cool. but that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, there's a lot of interesting stuff in that. So yeah, like, I mean, um, so, you know, one of the things that uh, struck me is, you know, Mandarin is, sounds like it's a good language for you to learn with your particular, uh, you know, sort of background, because I mean, well, uh, China has a lot of good things going for it, but when you mentioned that you were in human rights before, you learning Mandarin might be good, you know, finding some <laughs> ways to communicate with some people in China and, you know, maybe give them yeah. some new perspectives on certain things. I mean, at least, mm -hmm. um, at least if they might be involved in a political action. Um, but <laughs> yeah. uh, so there's that. And then, um, you know, I, we live in uh, Chengdu, which is, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of, um, you know, LGBT presence, Chengdu is like the kind of the capital in terms of uh, like mm -hmm. for China. It's like I've heard you know, actually. It's on a spectrum, you know. It's like for China, so yeah. it's still like there. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. I used I was on a uh, I used to have a different podcast that was um, with my friend Scott, and we would do every other week in Chinese and every other week in English. And um, uh, we stopped doing it years ago. But one of the podcasts we had a um, a a guy on who just to talk about his experience of being gay in China. And it was so interesting because mm -hmm. on the one hand, he was saying that like, nobody ever hassles him about it, you know, so he's not, get, he's not getting like direct sort of um, prejudice about it. But on the other hand, it's kind of like that sort of don't ask, don't tell thing. Nobody will, nobody will also either support him either. It's like, we won't chastise you, but we won't support you. And I'm like, all right, yeah, so there's still work to be done, you know, but it's it's an interesting sort of thing. I think people like you learning Mandarin and who have the experience you have, I mean, that's the thing is like the, these days, China's getting a lot of flack in the Western media. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of it's justified, some of it's not the full picture. Um, but yeah, it's like, now's the time to learn Mandarin because we all have to be talking to each other and like, you know, making sure that we don't let these, you know, big um, institutions completely 
run the show of what the narrative is in the world because there's a lot of Chinese people who are totally. just absolutely well worth, um, you know, having a dialogue with everybody in the Western world. There's so many smart Chinese people and, you know, they're learning English, but they tend to be using methods that aren't working very well for like really properly learning English. So like, you know, mm -hmm. hopefully we can, you know, in the Western world, get a lot of people learning Mandarin and, you know, help to uh, fix some of these, you know, the communication does help. I mean, sometimes communication just reveals uh, how we disagree. But on the other hand, you know, it's like, you're not going to get there by not communicating. So, you know, totally. Um, and it's, that's the case with a lot of countries in the world that, you know, are perceived as like, you know, anti LGBT. Um, I mean, like in po politics, they are, but like in culture, they often are not as like extreme. And yeah. I've, I've learned that throughout my like career. So. Oh yeah. yeah. It's in Chengdu, like they're famous for being, um, the, the word is zhong. And so bao means to like uh, embrace or sort of accept. And then zhong means to make room for. So it's sort of a, wor a word that means like tolerant. And, you know, so it's oh, you know, cool. not, it, tolerant and accepting sort of. I mean, you know, it, it, it's one of those words that like, uh, it, and then also Chengdu people are known for being zheqing, which is like sort of, it, it literally means hot feeling, which it just means warm and, and enthusiastic and welcoming. And so, oh, cool. you know, it's the kind of thing where I wish more people knew about this part of China because, you know, the places in China that always make the news are, are either like diplomatic relations or sometimes things from mm -hmm. Beijing. And I, I lived in Beijing and Beijing's fine. It's a, it's a cool place. And, and of course, there's stuff going on in Shenzhen and Guangzhou and Hong Kong that makes the news a lot. But uh, Chengdu is just like, you know, fifth largest city. So it's not quite in the purview. It just became a first tier city. but it's uh, it's one of those it's one of those places I wish more people knew about. But anyway, so I I digress. But um, no, I love it. I I started researching it whenever you guys mentioned that you live there, and yeah. I, that's actually what I discovered. Everything that you're saying. Oh yeah. Uh, so I love that it's backed up by you, and uh, yeah. So it seems like that was like after learning about, it, I was like, oh, I definitely want to visit that. That's that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a great. Place. I also am drinking. Uh, my like routine is mandarin and martinis. So I am. I just got poured a martini by my partner, and I'm totally gonna drink it while we're having this conversation. That's fine. Mandarin and martinis. That's that. that, that, that yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this podcast mandarin and martinis. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Please <great>. do. <laughs> All right. Nice. Nice. So um. So here's what I'm curious about. You mentioned the process, sort of figuring that stuff out for uh, how you're gonna learn Mandarin. You've got uh, Steve Kaufman in there, Gabriel Weiner. You got this this thing that you're thinking about now. Uh, but of course, when you come to Mandarin, there's the issue of, you know, you got pronunciation first and then you get into vocabulary, but you can't really just jump from pronunciation to vocabulary that well in Mandarin. So did you find, you know, that you, uh, at least at first, weren't really sure how to integrate characters into that? And then, or or was it more like you found Luke early enough in that video that, you know, you were able to, we were able to be your Sherpas on that, on that front? Oh my gosh. That's, that is such a good question because like having done so much research on like the way to do it, one of the reoccurring themes that I would get, um, cause there, there's so many people like, don't worry about the characters. Like you'll be fine. You'll just get around it. <laughs> um, but there were like some of the people that I learned to trust in like the linguistic world were like, do not ignore characters, whatever you do, do not ignore mm -hmm. them. Um, so it was kind of like early on, I was kind of like in, in the process of like learning pinyin, um, I was like, okay, we need to start figuring out a method for characters, but it was kind of this whole other project. Like it was gonna be pronunciation and then characters were gonna be like, okay, we'll figure out a way to do it and bring it all together. But there was no like system that I knew of. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, 
yeah, that, that's kind of what we were trying to do at the beginning because we realized that uh, that's the main that's the main difference with Chinese compared to other languages is you have to uh, take that into account. And it's you know, the characters when people say don't worry about characters, I'm like, it's not so much that I disagree with it on uh, the educational level. I do, but it's not the main point. It's like the main point for me is that that's what makes Chinese interesting, and that's what changes your brain is that the way that they put together the words is is based on i mean we do it in english based on syllables and and the you know the out roman alphabet and that's fine it's it's a very efficient system in certain ways but what happens when you change the sort of fundamental building blocks of the language is that where you draw the line conceptually between uh different you know either objects or concepts or or the actions the way people interact or how a story is told it just naturally creates a better ability to uh categorize things i would say and so like it's like totally. or at least gives you another perspective on how you could categorize things so the, all the time with chinese i guess what i've noticed since i've learned chinese is that the whenever i'm analyzing a problem it's easier for me to see an alternative way of looking at it. And I think it's not like a conscious process necessarily, but it's just sort of naturally what happens. And if you don't learn the characters, then you're kind of missing out on that. I mean, I guess people are saying maybe you could learn them later, but the problem with that is that then you've got all these homophones and you're just sort of repeating these sounds and you're not really getting any relationship to why it's these sounds. And then, and characters yeah. are so fun. So you're, you're about uh, 130 characters or so into the course what's your experience so far of learning characters in general, not specifically with the Mandarin blueprint method or the Henson movie method, but like, what do you, what's your feeling about like how Chinese characters work or, you know, I know it's kind of early, but like, what are your thoughts about it so far? So you, like in the beginning stages, you, or the videos, you mentioned that like characters are super important and kind of like, just don't worry about it. Just go with it. You'll, you'll get it along the way. And I think that's kind of like what, what I've learned. Um, and I like I trusted the the method. I just kind of like because it was something new that I never done. So I just kind of trusted it. Um, and I think that's the thing. And and what you're saying is very true. Like getting to focus on characters along with it, um, one helps your brain like cling on to something other than just sound, which I think is super important in the process. Uh, but also, um, it kind of reorganizes your brain in a great way. And I feel like getting to learn characters it allowed because one of my biggest mistakes learning languages in the past was I would be so pumped and I would like vocabulary and then I would like open a grammar book and be like, wow, I hate this so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I just hate it so much. And as someone who loves languages, like that was so disappointing, but I was like, well, I mean, if this is languages, I guess I just don't want to do it. Um, but this like learning characters allowed my brain to just kind of like be like, you know what? That probably doesn't work the same. So just mm -hmm. learn it and just go with it, hold on to it and you'll, it'll come across your table again and then you'll probably use it. So it was like a kind of a freeing sense. That is a great attitude to have because one of the things that happens is, um, you know, it, it's so natural for people to want to go like, but I don't totally understand why this is. And I get it. Like you see a sentence and you go, why is it structured this way? Um, oh my gosh, uh, yeah. And it's totally reasonable, but the, the idea that you're never going to come across it again is kind of crazy. If you think about it, it's like, of course you're going to see this. Totally. Again. You know? So it's like, to some degree, letting go of that desire for perfection in the moment is way better in the long run because you're going to just keep coming across this. You know, this past week, I was speaking a lot of Chinese in various different situations because I happen to be traveling with um, 
uh, six other foreign friends and my Chinese was probably the best out of everybody. So like I was kind of doing a lot of the organizing and lots of um, sort of asking people, hey, where should we go for this and whatever. And just by the way, traveling in China is just so much easier when you know Chinese because Chinese people are so oh, yeah, like, that, thrilled man. that you know Chinese that they're usually like, like so happy to help. Um, but that's a side yeah. point. But, but, you know, one of the things that happens is that I'm reading all the time, reading new things. And it, you just start saying stuff that you didn't know you knew. Like, you know, you sort of like express something in a certain way. You're like, oh, I didn't know I could express that, but it came out when it was time to, when the time came. And uh, if I had spent all that time just being like, you know, oh, I must uh, get this exactly perfect, then I would never speak. I would never be willing to open my mouth because I'd be too afraid of making a mistake. And so in the same way, you have to just be like willing to go, okay, I trust my brain. I trust my unconscious to uh, be my guide so long as I just keep going. Because it's much, you know, think about it practically if you have 10 minutes and you're reading and you stop for one sentence to try to really understand why it's structured the way it is how long does that take does it take a minute does it take two minutes and then you figure it out well how many more sentences could you have read during that two minutes and then how many more would Mm -hmm. that have made it over the 10 minute period and what's going to be more effective in the long run i mean it's just so that that to me is is a huge part of it because you know, grammar points, we're adults, we can conceptualize it, you know, we can go, oh, I see how this works. But we have to remember that it's always, you know, maybe 2% of your time you should spend on that, like 98% oh my gosh. should be spent on input and just getting more input. Totally. In that respect to the community, I feel like one of the things I would see in like the dialogues beneath videos, would people would start asking a lot of questions like my Chinese friend said this, and you know, my tutor said this. Hmm. And it was there's like this because I am that type of person too. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was, I, there's that sense of like, no, don't do that. Like they're probably from a certain place that says it differently. And like, <laughs> there's, there's so many variables. It's like, just go with the flow, man. Just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's, um, you know, definitely helped. And then, you know, also, I mean, uh, on a practical or sorry, on a, a sort of more like um, philosophical level with that, you could read some Taoist texts once you get uh, even a little bit proficient in Chinese, because the, you know, the Tao Te Ching is, is uh, not even that, difficult it's like not a diff- that difficult a book to read and so you could read that and that would teach you a lot about going with the flow of course so you know oh, that's, that's we're cool. in the uh we're in the capital of Taoism here in Chengdu which is uh you know oh, that's I, was right. talking yeah. my, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he was saying I was mentioning he, he was you know being uh somewhat uh critical of um Chinese culture and I was fine with that it would be critical if you want but one of the things he was saying was um you know uh yeah, they have a history of like, you know, sort of succumbing to their, their governments or like sort of, uh, which I disagree with, but he was mm-hmm. saying, saying that I was like, well, why not focus on these aspects of the culture, like say the Taoist aspect of the culture? And he's like, well, how many Taoists are there these days? And it's like, there's not many like died in the wool, I'm a Taoist people, people, mm-hmm. but to the influence of something like Taoism, for example, or Buddhism in the culture shows up in the language itself like there's so many things that are said that come from concepts it's like saying oh my gosh, that yeah. americans who aren't uh christians are unaffected by christian culture it's like of course took, out, took know, the words out of my mouth stuff. yeah yeah it's like you say it, it, you say bless you when someone sneezes like come on <laughs> right exactly yeah and you know there's so many um there's so much sort of wisdom packed into these idioms. Like idioms are really fun to learn once you've gotten beyond, um, you know, the basics because they, they can pack so much wisdom in just four characters and it's just coming mm-hmm. up all the time, every day. So it's so much 
that it's you couldn't possibly understand how much it influences your day-to-day thoughts so that's why you know when i think about uh how chinese people are behaving on a day-to-day basis of course they may not say i'm a Taoist. actually like 95 percent of the country says they're non-religious but it's still like mm. it doesn't um change the fact that it's it's part of the the day-to-day experience so anyway i've, totally. I've it's fun it's just fun to no i love that talking through this this various stuff so okay so let's talk about what would happen if uh for you and what you might do if you are to be successful with being able to speak chinese so like what what are you what are your plans what, what would you hope to what's the dream in your in your mind of okay i can speak mandarin now or i can read mandarin now or hopefully both and uh what would you do with that um so it when I started learning Arabic when I was in college, I, I learned it because I started as a performance arts major and I had a scholarship and I was like, I hated it and I left it and I, I went on a journey of my own and it was a linguistic journey. And uh, the first Arabic teacher I ever had asked me like, why are you learning Arabic? And I said, I don't know, because it sounds really cool and I think I'm really gonna enjoy it. And he was like, then it is gonna take you places that you never thought. And that is how I ended up like living in Morocco and then ultimately Iceland and studying and, and doing all that cool stuff. And um, Chinese was kind of like that, that same thing. Um, I was very, you know, selected. I, I chose it for a reason, you know, but it also had this sense of uh, mystery and openness and because I don't have any assumptions with it. I don't have a lot of context, um, literally besides like Chinese food like mm. it was a very like open portal and everything I learn is like this new page that I get to unfold um, so it and, and so that's like part of the dream is like finding something that is that I that I love so much it's so exciting and every day is a new adventure um, but I've also having like studied and lived abroad I, I do have like a dream of getting to work abroad and mm-hmm. getting to like take my career to another place in the world and uh, learning that because it was it was something before the Chamber of Commerce you know my world was international human rights and international education mm-hmm. um, I was a program officer for international Fulbright scholars for a, a while um, so I always had like a trajectory to do like an international based job uh, mm-hmm. but the I fell in love on accident with my with my job that I that, that I took part-time and then progressed in my career to become executive director so right. um, I think that's what ultimately what it would look like is being able to like take what I've learned and like be able to, to travel and live and work uh, abroad. Yeah. Nice. I mean, obviously that's, that's, that's a good, if you have that as a goal, then it's that because you always want to find your like sort of underlying goal, you know, like uh, Mm -hmm. break it down as far as like as far as you can. And that, that one's definitely a fuel provider or something that'll keep you going on today. Cause you know, there's no way to um, on a, any kind of like two year project to feel like super excited every single day about what you're doing. So you need the the deeper goal that keeps you going even on the days when you're not feeling as much, you know, because it's oh, yeah, just impossible to yeah. be enthusiastic all the time. I mean, that'd be great, but like that's a, I don't even think uh, the Buddha figured that one out. So it's like, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot totally. of, um, yeah, you need to, you, you need something deeper. And like, it's always, I always say drill down, you know, keep asking the question, like, you know, why am I gonna, uh, why am I going to learn Chinese? Well, it'll help with my career. Okay. Well, why do you want your career to go better? Because, well, then I'll make more money. All right. So what would making more money do? And just keep asking the question until you eventually get mm-hmm. to, if you keep going down the series of questions, what you eventually get to is like, so that I can lead a um, happier and more helpful life for my loved ones and for myself and for the, the people around me, my family, all that. It all, it all ends up coming down to that. And so like, if you can kind of follow the steps from 
the big goal, like I want to be a, a good uh, partner, son, friend, uh, whatever it is, you know, yeah. and then take it from the large goal and then make it actionable into that means I'm going to mm -hmm. learn this component today, then that'll keep you, you know, every, anybody who does that keeps the motivation, you know, day to day. And then eventually it becomes self perpetuating because once you know enough characters and you know enough words and you go, Oh, I, I can do this. And then, uh, then it's sort of, you don't even need the, the deeper motivation anymore because the momentum does it on its own. Totally. Um, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about the course then. So we have the Henza movie method, which is, you know, um, a little bit wild when people have never heard of it before, because it's sort of, um, this mnemonic system. So had you ever used mnemonics before to try to learn things or, you know, learn languages in any way? Yeah, it was, it was something I'd like, I stumbled across a few times in, you know, like the memory champion things that, that y'all had mentioned, I'd like heard about it before. And I just started to, uh, my, my constantly rekindling romance with Spanish was something that I was starting to, to play with was the, the mnemonics as an option. Um, but yours was, was very different and very interesting. And I, I definitely had my hesitations. I was like, what is this? What could it be? Uh, but I, it made sense because having like a little bit of knowledge of it, I was like, okay, that, that makes sense. I just don't understand it yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's definitely, um, you know, it, it, some people find it really weird that occasionally we get somebody who already knew about the idea and they're happy that it's systemized. But yeah, so like, so uh, then totally. I guess, <laughs> how long did you go into it before you felt comfortable? Like, so, you know, obviously the first just like 10 characters or so it's all new everything you're trying to figure it out but at what point did you feel like you know how, how many characters in did you feel like you had a grasp a good grasp of the system um probably like halfway to where i'm well no like third 30 in or so mm -hmm. i i think like i i got the flow but it was still like i had to really focus on it and like build a story i was definitely someone that i didn't think i was like a imaginative person I, I know people say that all the time uh so i was like Oof, this is gonna be real tough and i think like 30 in, i was like okay so there's a system to this and yeah. your videos along the way would kind of like coax it out and be like don't don't focus on it too much like you'll yeah, revisit yeah. it in anki like yeah, you'll yeah. finesse the story and every time i had a question about that a video would come along and be like don't worry anki will remind you to like finesse your story <laughs> yeah 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 that's uh that's the one of the reliefs reliefs when you uh, realize oh okay i can just sort of rely on the flashcards to help help with that um so oh, yeah man, so like yeah. that okay so 30 characters right so what that means is that you know at the moment mandarin blueprint goes to 1530 characters which means that even just in the mandarin blueprint method you've got 1500 characters that you'll learn knowing how to learn them Right. So it's like, yeah, it's the, one of the biggest sort of maybe objections to using mnemonics is, well, it, what I have to learn all this other stuff to learn language, you know, like I have to learn about, you know, how to imagine my uncle, you know, uh, shaving a ferret in the bathroom, like what's <laughs> going on here, yeah. you know, and it's, yeah. it's understandable, but it's like, uh, when you think about it from the perspective of the sheer number of characters you need to learn, and really, you should learn about twice as many of that if you want to be able to read the newspaper and read novels and stuff. So right. So let's say it's yeah. 3,000 characters. So 2,970 characters that are learned with a clear system that you understand how to use. And it only takes 30 characters mm -hmm. to get there. So like, you know, if there were only 100 characters to learn, 
in Chinese, I would say, ah, just, just force them into your head, write them over and over, and then you'll get it, um, which maybe you should yeah. do with something like Korean. But like, when it comes to, to Chinese, that's just, it's just not going to stick. And then, so what you're going to have is the totally. leaky bucket thing where it's like going to, you're trying to get to 3000 characters, but you keep losing 10 characters a day. And so you're trying to like gain maybe 12 characters. Oh, it's just so inefficient. Right. And so oh God, yeah. um, that's good to hear that it takes about 30 characters. And then you can just think about it. Like if it, if it's 30 characters to learn the system and then you've got 2,970 to go, it's worth it. It's going to save you a lot of time. So oh. Yeah, totally. And shout out to the, the beginners, like at 30, you get the method and then 90, you like really start to get under your belt and like where I'm at now, I'm just getting to the point where it's like video, thinking about it 10 seconds, move past it. And now it's like, it's starting to roll a lot faster. Yeah. And the only thing that like, the only thing, the only reason I'm not just scrolling through all of them is that for me, Anki is my barometer mm -hmm. and I will not allow like getting to the congratulations you completed mm -hmm. um, is like my daily goal. Yep. Uh, so I like refuse to let it be the Anki become like a tedium for me. So Good. Good only, idea. only learning enough because that's like, that's my reminder thing. So um, and I like there it's, it's strange how suddenly like you, you forget one of your first character, like one of your first actors and you're like, mm -hmm. I never thought I was going to forget that, but you, you do. And so very quickly I learned like, don't, don't get in over your head. Just like slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, what's nice about mnemonics is that suppose you do forget like an actor to represent a pinion initial. Uh, I think it was our, our, one of the guys who finished our course, William Edmides, a uh, guy from New Zealand, uh, programmer, he, mm -hmm. he said it's like a brick falls off the house, but you just, you can just put it back on. Like, it's not, it's, it's not like you're listening to that one. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. Yeah. So he, th that was a good analogy, I thought, because it's, it, it, when you wrote learn, it just, it, it all falls away. If you forgot something, you know, it's like, oh, I, I completely forgot this character. So you got to start from scratch. Whereas if you forget just one actor, I mean like, okay, so you forgot that it was, uh, you know, Gary Oldman, well, maybe you should change it to somebody else. If, if Gary Oldman didn't stick, you can either switch or you can just go, oh, okay, let me just add a few more details. Make it Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill or something like that, or <laughs> as Sirius Black or whatever. And then that may totally. be clearer. And then just as a, a, yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Nice. So you're basically saying at this point, learning a new character, I mean, obviously it varies, but it sounds like on average, you're getting through it pretty quickly, you know, uh, as little as 10 seconds, maybe, you know, up to 30 seconds or something. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, occasionally you'll run into a character that's a weird keyword, and you have to go, okay. But what's so great is that, um, and this is something Luke and I didn't really, I mean, I guess we sort of guessed that this might happen, but we're so pleased at how many people are giving their uh, stories in the comments and sharing mm -hmm. their scenes. It's good. So that's so helpful. To us too, because the, you know, we learned from remembering the simplified Hanzi by James Heisig, which, uh, you know, doesn't have a pronunciation mnemonic system. And also, mm -hmm. it has his suggestions, which, you know, come from, uh, a fella who studied in the 70s and put this thing together, you know, and a lot of his references are from his generation. And so I don't, it doesn't necessarily follow and you can't, there's no comments. It's just a book. So it's like, you can't look at yeah. what somebody, how somebody else interpreted it. And, you know, a lot of people leave comments that are references to media or stories that I've never heard of. So that's like, I'm like, great, perfect. Cause that, that doesn't totally, you know, so um, I, I really like brushed past those at the very beginning. And like, I was like, I don't want to hear other people's opinions. That sounds terrible. Everybody in the community. I'm sorry. I didn't mean like that, but um, <laughs> I kind of like brushed through them, <laughs> but there was, there was a point like later on and I started to like scroll through and like read some and I was like the little details, it would just be like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's exactly what my actor should do. Mm -hmm. And it really like helps finesse the story. And now like, I won't skip past a character without reading a few of the, the stories beneath. That's, 
it's, yeah. it's super important. Even for like a little detail that helps it really stick, it's important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, well, speaking of, what is the um, sort of, what is your experience of the community aspect of the course? The fact that, you know, uh, there's the comments and of course there's the forum and all that. How's that been going for you so far? Because we're really trying to facilitate that. Yeah, no, it's been surprising. So like that description is actually how I've approached the community generally. I was like community forum, like, oh, that's cool. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, as I started to read more of the comments underneath in the stories, which would inspire some of my ideas um, and then like questions people would ask. And then I would start to say like, oh my God, great idea. Thank you to certain comments. And then I started to contribute. And then when people would reach out, like comment, it was like, oh my God, wait, someone listened to me. And it was, it was really exciting. And all of a sudden, like the, the idea of um, the little email you get or the prompt you get from a Kanjabi on your phone, like someone comments it on your, your thing. I was like, oh my God, wait, someone's listening to me. This is so exciting. <laughs> and, uh, and so I like, I got bold enough that I was like, okay, I'll offer uh, a piece of, I think one of the, the first things I did that was big was like, Anki is really expensive on, uh, on iPhones. So mm -hmm. I was like, anybody that's really concerned, I didn't buy it for like a whole month because it was way too expensive. I only did my laptops. You should do mm -hmm. it if anybody has any concerns but that became like a whole forum of people like providing insights and advice and then i learned how to do like the sketch pad on the phone mm -hmm. which was i never had like a pen and paper around so i i learned how to do sketch pad from some guy who's if you're listening man thank you for that that's that was really cool um nice. but it like things like that you just never know what you're going to get if you like kind of just delve into the the community a bit yeah, yeah, that's been, you know, one of those things that Luke and I are just uh, thrilled about because uh, we didn't anticipate that, but it's, it's you know, um, and also we're grateful for to Kajabi because they made, you know, we host the course on Kajabi and, and so they made this community forum feature that we just sort of started one day. We were just like, oh, let's see what this happens. And it's it's been great so far. People are really engaged. So that's, uh, you know, it, it's weird because, you know, we just put this thing together and we're like, you know, people will probably just ignore us right like you know so it's it's cool to see people getting so engaged with the whole thing so that's a that's a thrill a thrill for sure um awesome so okay so let's talk uh, about you know as you're going through uh if you could i mean i i know this might be a little bit tricky to do but if you can sort of narrow down what you've experienced so far to sort of three aspects that kind of stick out to you as what has been helpful um or you know, sort of made, had the biggest impact on you uh, of the course. Could, what would you say those those three things are? We got three things. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. I mean, we just we gotta, yeah, you got to pick a number. So, <laughs> so no, that's great. Um, so my my biggest like takeaway so far. Yeah, or just things you found helpful, or like whatever, however you want to uh, respond to it. But you sort of okay. like you know, we got pronunciation mastery, we got phase one of the course with the you know characters and components, phase two with the the words, and now you're into phase three with some sentences and all that. Okay, well, as I as I mentioned earlier, hmm. you guys basically assembled and monetized and produced what I thought was going to be like in my mind, the perfect course that I was creating myself. I was like, Oh my God, it's the same system of pronunciation, vocabulary, grammar, comprehensible input. And so stumbling across, it was like, it's the thing, you know? And I think that being the thing, and it's like the, it's the, the new wave of language learning. I feel like you guys have like, you put together a program that is the new wave mm. of language learning for what is the most difficult language. Mm -hmm. in the world or whatever. Um, yeah. So I think that's, that's one of my biggest takeaways. Um, one of my other biggest takeaways, one of my biggest like 
things is the idea of space, spatial repetition, space mm -hmm. repetition. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and Anki, which I had only started experience with the German and the Spanish that I'd done previously, but oh my gosh, I did not realize that's how my brain worked. And yeah. when you guys say like, do your Anki every day, <laughs> like <laughs> it is so crucial. I, yeah. it became like, especially during quarantine, it, this is kind of like a bleak note, but like I did Anki. I do Anki every single day and it is a part of my day. It is a part of my regimen. It is, I'm one of those people, like if I have a spare moment, I don't get on Instagram. If I haven't finished my, my Anki right. deck, yeah. I do yeah. it every day. <laughs> and yeah. And it's like, I've never missed a day. There's, there was like a two days where I didn't complete it fully, but I at least did it. Um, but, uh, and, you know, and I think that's, that's such an important part because you just, you don't know what you're going to forget. And letting, just knowing that it's like, it's back there somewhere is as like someone who loves learning languages, knowing that it's back there is so comforting. Mm -hmm. um, and for, for all those people, this is, this is very bleak moment, serious moment um, for all those people that like, don't feel like they can fit in their day. Uh, so unfortunately I'm in Texas because my mother passed away very suddenly and it was, it was very that. terrible. Uh, no, thank you. Um, but Anki actually throughout this, it's been a number of weeks now and I'm still here, but Anki has like, because I've been doing it every day, that became like a really source of something solid for me in like a lot of turmoil and like chaos. And I didn't understand like Anki was something, this sounds so weird. It was a place I could go by myself and I could just like focus on something that I really loved. I got to think about like flirting with, uh, with Bruce Willis and thinking about Amy Winehouse uh, attacking <laughs> Doctor Who with a Thor's hammer. Like yeah. those things were, they brought me like a little bit of joy. And uh, like it, it, there's, I think that's one of my biggest things is like really just doing it every day is something really special. And watching yeah. your videos very early on about just like really just do it every day. Just think about it. Here's some systems related to this, uh, associated with like your morning coffee. Um, yeah, and it makes me realize like you can do anything if you like, yeah. working out or uh, playing piano, whatever. If you just like a little bit every day. Yeah, le learning can definitely be a, uh, a a a way to kind of um, just a, sort of a solace in hard times or something that's a rock or or a, a consistency that you have, you know. And it always feels good that you did it, even if it maybe you mm -hmm. know maybe you have to get you have to rev the engine up to get it going in the first place. But, you know, sometimes you're just willing to get into it. It can definitely, I, you know, I, that's not weird to me at all, actually. That makes sense because learning is something that, uh, yeah, it, it, you're always going to feel good about it. And then, you know, that, mm -hmm. at least you have that in your day, no matter what else is going on. Totally. So, uh, so totally. That's, that's, I'm glad to hear that. That's the, you know, um, it, when you go through tough times, having that little thing is, is definitely helpful. So, mm -hmm. and that's good to hear that's had that, you know, impact in your life. So let, let's, let's talk about what you were skeptical about, because this is a weird course, you know, it's definitely not traditional. So was there anything you were skeptical about at the beginning or sort of, uh, did you think, uh, you know, some of the, <laughs> were you one of those people who were like, I don't know about learning Chinese from these guys. They don't look Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, in the exact opposite. I, it was the first time I had like, met or like seen some some people that I was like okay these these guys like seem like they've got something and it's the first time I'm not like a good I'm not a good team player I like I don't follow directions well and authority stresses me out so you were like the first program that I was like I'm gonna trust the system um but I think my biggest skepticism was like and I've, I've heard this from a number of people I was like 
even as a musician and like a creative, I was like, my imagination is like not good for this. And I would stress out about the perfect set and the perfect actor and like, oh my God, this is, this is crazy. I don't think I can do like, that was, that's what I was most skeptical about. Mm -hmm. um, and then like you had so many like encouraging words in the videos along the way that was just like, just if it's, if you know them well, just like get it out there, just yeah. get it out there and start, just move along. Yeah. And uh, I think that's how you remedied my skepticism about like not being imaginative enough or like, is this space really memorable? Like, did I conceive my first child in this space? Like, yeah. for some reason, that was like every, every set Everything was supposed to be, to be that. It's so emotionally impactful that you're like, this, this was a life <laughs> moment in this room. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, it doesn't have to be that impactful. Like sometimes yeah. I, I would imagine things that happen in sports authority in uh, Montgomeryville, Pennsylvania. and <laughs> just because I went there a few times as a kid like you know probably went there a total of 20 times but I can remember the the place and I can remember being in there and like you know buying cleats and stuff like that so totally be too, super uh impactful. yeah the the shit the shitty gay bar in in New York City that I love to go to like I did not think that was going to be such a great reference for memory and uh mm -hmm. for characters yeah yeah um so yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty. That's that's not surprising that you would have felt skeptical about that at the beginning. But yeah, it's it's you know mnemonics are. Um, it's well, I'm more amazed at how easy it is to remember. One of the things that it pointed out to me when I was first doing it was just how easy it is to remember people and and places from my past and like just imagining myself there. To, you know, I could have gone to a place once. You know, I can remember all the you know places I was last week. Uh, in Tiger Leaping Gorge and uh, and in Dali that I you know have never been to before, but I can just easily imagine myself there now. And uh, I, and then once you go back there in your memory palace and you're solidifying your memory of the place, and so then even if I just decide tomorrow that I'm going to use the uh, Airbnb we stayed at as a, a mnemonic uh, palace for one of my things that I'm doing, I'll remember it forever. I'll probably remember it forever anyway because it was a good vacation with uh, some friends, but like. Uh, if I went back into it a few times, then there's definitely no way that I'll forget it. And then it just serves as a useful tool. It's like I can use lots of things to relate to um, that place that we just went. And that's just a place I went for five days, right? So it's like, you know. no, totally. It's and it's amazing because I I feel like you get to have like a new reference point to a place that even if it's like somewhere you've been to for a second that you really liked, or if it's like a, a very like historically memorable place for you like getting to be in my hometown and traveling around a lot of these places that I've been getting to drive by are places that are my memory palace and it's really fun to like see my like high school theater and like drive past it and like yeah. have these new like memories and it just it feels like all those memories kind of like collapse and like sink and just like sink in a little bit farther like getting to see it in person because then like those little details of like the way the sign looks now like it sticks in the way that my actors get to relate to those things in my memory and in the in the characters it's yeah it's rad yeah, fantastic that it's uh, yeah it's it's really enjoyable you can kind of get this like little take this little waltz through your uh past experiences and and remind yourself of these cool things that happen and you know i've had moments where i was doing uh characters or, or learning something and it reminded me of a person and i called him up and it's like hey you know how you doing <laughs> so it's you know there's it's totally affecting your affecting your real life you know so that that happens too um yeah yeah cool awesome so uh i wanted to mention this just because uh we were we've been talking about anki and srs and um you know this is still in the works but in case anybody's listening to this in the future it's very we may be we're still figuring out how we're going to do it technically but we may be getting rid of anki and switching to <clears throat> using scritter as our 
uh, flashcard oh, ass. Have you ever heard of Scritter before? I yeah, I've, I brushed past it. I don't know much yeah. about it though. Yeah, so we're we're working on it, but I just you know in case somebody's listening in the future and oh. like, where's Anki is a part of this? It, it, it's um, you know, because Anki, we love it, but it's uh the biggest thing that we know we could improve about the course is getting a more user friendly flashcard system because uh, Anki, as much as it's so great, but it's so awful at the same time. Like it's like oh my it's, god, yeah, I totally agree. It's 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 so good, but it. I, and I had like experience with like the other book and languages that I learned. So I got to like tough my way through it. So doing it with you guys was like, at least a little broad sense, but you guys do so good at explaining what is essentially like a tough, a tough app to wrap your head around. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're, we were just chatting with uh, a, a Jake Gill from uh, Scritter last week and we're working on a way that we might be able to sort of uh, bundle the two things together and, and, and use flashcards that way, which would at least be, a lot easier to use than uh than Anki so we'll see how that goes but uh <laughs> um so uh, Anki aside and that the user unfriendliness of that app um I love it any, so it's fine <laughs> yeah 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 do you have any suggestions for how we could uh improve the course or sort of you know things that you know you maybe want to see more of see less of you know these types of things um I it's it's so interesting so being a person that like professionally works with entrepreneurs it's been really fun, especially the past, I guess it's been like six months now, like working with you guys, <laughs> seeing you evolve and change. So it's, it's hard to say because I feel like every time I think, oof, you should maybe change this, I feel like you adjust and change. And I really admire the way that you're keeping your users and students like engaged in understanding what you're changing. And I just noticed like last week, for those in the future, that you do like a, a sample course now uh yeah yeah we have a, we have several yeah we're looking into that yeah like sample courses there's like, there's like the i noticed on the home page like it changed like last week and all of a sudden there was like a new thing to choose from on the home page mm -hmm. um and oh, yeah, it was the, which the was rapid acquisition course yeah yeah, yeah. thank just, you yeah sorry about that no worries. um and that's really that's really exciting like i love to see that you're constantly growing and changing and i think it's it's hard to nail down something i would love to see more because i love to see you guys like like what what is working what is not working and it's uh you're always evolving which i think is the most important so i guess my biggest piece of advice was to is to continue to evolve mm -hmm. um i'm really excited to see what it i know you've made some changes to phase four yep. so like i'm desperately trying to get through because i think i want to see the changes that you made so bad yeah. um yeah. even though they wouldn't be changes to me because they're all different now yeah. um yeah but i i think there was uh there was there was a point where you started to say like you weren't going to see videos and oh, now there are a lot of videos <laughs> exactly and i love that i love it because i there was a point that i was like do i want to watch this video like do i need to watch the video and honestly every video was just like a moment for me even if i wasn't like totally tuned in to be like thinking about my actors and set and then maybe like pick up on something yeah. that you guys said and i think it's uh super important so i'm glad that i would say continue with the videos whether or not people watch them I think it's great to have a reference point. Oh yeah, I think by phase three, people know that if they want to skip the video, it's fine. But like, we'll be—it's just fun to, um, you know, for us to use the podcast as a way to create new content and also like kind of uh, just get the people involved in the course. You know, so it's like anytime mm. you see a, a lesson that doesn't have a video, that means that your content could, could your contribution could end up becoming real course content, which is that's what is so cool. It makes Mandarin Blueprint a living course. It's always changing, constantly totally. updating. You know, every, every week we get um, our, our video editor sends us all the uh, different sort of um, 
clips from the podcast that could go into the course and we check them out and approve them. And it's just like, it's great wow. to know that we're always building that stuff up. And, um, you know, we're, we're working on more longer form content at the moment uh, in the intermediate course. And like, it's just, it's such a fun process because we know that everything that we're doing is genuinely helping people learn Mandarin. So, you know, and at the moment totally. we're working on outreach to different, uh, different language learning companies and all that. And so hopefully mm. we, you know, we just, all our goal is to just try to keep it up, keep it going, you know, make sure that we have uh, uh, new, um, new content all the time and also just get this in front of new people in different ways. You know, uh, it, we're not sort of online marketers, right? So we have to kind of mm -hmm. figure out ways to sell things online, which is kind of tricky. And, you know, I'm sure we've made some missteps over the, over the years, but the main thing that kind of keeps us going is just to remember that, First of all, you always have to listen to people. You always have to listen to their feedback and what they're struggling with. Like you can't ever think like, I mean, on the one hand, you know, we know that people don't know how to learn Chinese. So it's like we, some feedback we, we take in and we understand we have to interpret it and then see how, but like, there's almost no feedback that means don't do anything. You know, sometimes it's the, yeah. sometimes the feedback is, shouldn't it be this? And we know, okay, it shouldn't be that. But the fact that you think it should be that means that maybe we should add something you know, before or whatever. So it's like, there's, there's totally. it's really important to constantly do that and constantly be changing. So, yeah. I think that's like, and that's actually like the only advice I would have is because I, I love that you, you guys are like more than teachers. Uh, you like, y'all are real people and you, you don't just, so many like courses I've taken online, there's such a, a like a, a rigor about the, the teachers. And you guys really talk about the fact that it's, uh, that it's a startup and that it's, you know, that you are, you are creating something that's never been done before and you're like really trying to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really exciting because I think we, I guess me and my job, but like, I think we as viewers also see like, we know where, where you're at and, you know, people get to see like how they can help you. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people along the way have like provided insight uh, that has allowed you to per, like propel professionally in, in your business. And I think that's like the most exciting. I, I, I would love to be able to, yeah, like, so, the biggest thing, I, the biggest thing I would like be able to contribute as someone that like works in the chamber of commerce is like, have you like thought about reaching out to corporations and being like the, the sole person, the sole company to be able to provide Chinese education or reaching yeah. out to the pan Asian chambers of commerce around the world that, you know, because people want people that don't speak Chinese get into those or Mandarin, get into those groups to try to like get a, a feel for it. And, you know, there's that, that's my biggest thing is like, I want to know where you're like putting your tendrils. <laughs> oh yeah. We, that's, you know, oh gosh, it's like, there's so many, you know, different uh, avenues we could take and we would really like to get more into that. You know, one of the things we're going to do soon is uh, we're going to start offering the course uh, you know, at the moment it's mostly a subscription service and you can buy pronunciation mastery one off, but the Mandarin blueprint method is just a subscription, but we're thinking of breaking out the phases into individual purchases as well. So like, you can get the cool. subscription that'll get you access to everything, uh, you know, and then you're paying a monthly fee that's like considerably lower, or you could just say, I'll buy phase one for, I don't know, we haven't figured out the pricing yet, but I don't know, maybe phase one's like a hundred mm. bucks or something, but you have it for life. So, you know, you don't have to keep paying. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll, we're looking into that. And then maybe we could approach a company that needs uh, Mandarin learning and just be like, okay, buy, you know, a hundred units of the Mandarin blueprint method and totally do it that way. We'll see. Um, you know, it's like, I found that working with big, big companies can sometimes be uh, a bit of a, a bit frustrating. Cause like we, we tried to work with um, English first here in, uh, in Chengdu for their teachers mm -hmm. and their foreign teachers could learn Chinese. And it was just dealing, I mean, it's just this particular company, but dealing with the bureaucratic sort of 
side of things and the admin side of things was was really frustrating it was the kind of thing where it'd be like okay well i'll go meet your students and we'll give them a demo and i would get i went there and like the, the students didn't show up because the meeting got canceled and no one told us and like stuff like that kept happening and i was like oh this is this is oh, rough so we we kind of moved away from that for a little bit but we should really go back to it because uh you know it's now we have a more powerful product so we'll see totally i would say like approach like the jp morgan chase if they i don't know if they'd have like chinese with like the, the locations but like go go big and be like would you like us to be your in-house like this is the program that you use or mm -hmm. ing bank or something like that like yeah, yeah that'd be my thing go, go for it for jp morgan chase so I, I should probably or used to because i should probably talk to him about that <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah cool cool all right well then the final question is you know uh, if, if you're imagine you're talking to somebody who's looking into learning mandarin chinese and they say all right tj should i use mandarin blueprint what would you say I was actually kind of like dreading this question because it sounds so like, it sounds so trite to be the evangelical that's like, go for it. It's, it's unlike anything you've ever used before. And like, I can guarantee, unless you went to like an alternative high school or school or something like that, it is unlike any language learning method that you've ever used before. And it will shift the way you think about learning languages. And you will learn that the way you were taught rote learning is so, passe <laughs> it's so over um and it's it's incredible and i really hope that i, I keep sprinkling it throughout the the community with, with my comments but it's like like just go with the flow it's 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 never been done before so you're going to try to resist it and you're going to be like well wait you have to do this don't you have to don't you have to do this just like go with the flow and i think do it go with the flow have fun that's my advice <laughs> fantastic fantastic well tj it's been a pleasure to talk to you and uh you know we'll um we'd like to check in with you after you finish the foundation course so after you hit lesson complete on level 13 you, you should get an email from us saying you know let's let's check in so like i'd love to hear how you feel after you've gone through some of the longer form content and uh you yeah know, what's going on there so that'll be at the end of level 36 so i think you're in level 14 now so keep it up you know keep uh i'll get there going through and uh hopefully we can chat again and uh yeah so anybody interested in learning more head to mandarinblueprint.com and thanks again tj